Hello listeners. Throughout the podcast you've just downloaded, I unfailingly refer to Kristen Bell as Kirsten Bell. Never miss a chance. This is because I'm an idiot and frequently get these two names confused. Fortunately, I don't know any Kristens or Kirstens in my personal life, so it's just internet embarrassing. However, hope it doesn't spoil your enjoyment of the show. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit, and what's totally... All right! Hi! Hey you! Great! (laughs) Everyone out there, it's us again! Me and Jono, we're back! That podcast, you know the one you like, hopefully, because you're listening to it. Don't turn it off. How are you? <laughs> Don't turn it off in a really threatening way. We That's are finally back. Yes, uh, this we has are. been the longest hiatus of all. And well, I don't recording hiatus. Like it. Actually, this is going to come out quite relatively close to the previous episode because because um, mm. uh, that that just had a large hiatus before we released it. But mm. it's been busy, busy, busy. Yeah. But you there's know, just no let up. There is no let up. It's that you know that that classic end of summer early autumn period where you work yourself into an early grave yeah 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 yeah. Mm. and um what's the theme this time benjamin the theme this time was something i thought i'd go a bit left field um and not just be a classic genre i went for maritime movies john <laughs> and you know just think about all those great ma- maritime movies of the past <laughs> I know, but I, I was really pleased when you chose Maritime, because I wasn't really expecting it. I can't remember if you chose it live or before the pod, but either way, I was very pleased. And yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I was I've hoping, got... to be fair, yeah. that I'd find a good disaster movie, because, you know, we're both big fans of the Poseidon Adventure. Yes, definitely. Um, I quite like the remake as well. Yeah, I enjoyed the remake. Yeah, I watched I that again on. recently, it was on. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's, all, there's, you know, there's a great scope for disaster movies in that whole Maritime thing. Have you seen Titanic? No, what's that about? <laughs> Actually, about the same time Titanic came out, there was a sort of a TV movie version of Titanic with Tim Curry, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and yeah, it all I came would out in the same year. Definitely as the big rather Titanic. watch that. Yeah, no, I, Tim Curry was the sort of was played a bad guy character, and I just yeah, and obviously it had really ropey effects. Mm, but, um, well, that sounds yeah, brilliant. Worth a watch. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I, I talking of Titanic. I remember watching A Night to Remember and quite liking that movie when I was young. Yes. Um, my favourite maritime movie. I was having a think about this because out of those wartime ones, I always found the cruel sea really depressing. But I did quite like Sink the Bismarck. Did you ever watch that one? No, but uh-huh. actually, the two things you've just said combines one of my favourite maritime movies when I was growing up. Raise the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A Clive Cussler adaptation with um, <laughs> the dude whose name I can never remember. Um, Dave Watson, who played Ilya Kuryakin in The Man from Uncle. Oh right, and um, and doesn't it have a uh, doesn't what's his name um, come come the most famous actor of his generation Obi Wan Kenobi um, doesn't he have a part in it? Alec Guinness might well be in it, yeah. I think he is. He plays I think he plays a survivor who mm. still has a bell or a flag or something that's no put marvelous. on us. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I believe we're still going to sink the frick. <laughs> raise the raise Titanic. Titanic. Sink the Titanic would just be the most redundant <laughs> yeah. movie ever. Done that one. <laughs> Um, this brings me I know you're not a carry-on film fan but no no that's I, I am I love carry-on films 
Are you? Yeah. Oh, what am I remembering, Ring? Oh, I have a massive do. box set of them. Oh, God. I, I, oh, I, I must be remembering another friend I do podcasts another with. Another friend? <laughs> but my favourite Carry On film's always been Carry On Jack, because I absolutely adore Bernard Cribbins' performance in ah, that. I think he's hilarious. That's one of the ones I've seen least, you see. Yeah, it's the one I've seen most, and I think it's the one that stands up best. I think, along with... Cleo and um, Up the Screaming? Kyber Karen Screaming's a corker Yeah, no, I like Karen Screaming As is also like Karen, Karen Don't, don't Lose your, your Head Yeah, although what's the American title? Do not know Carry On Pimpernel Ah Better title um, Jaws really... is quite maritime, of course Yes, it is, but I, I think we've both seen that Yeah, Das Boot Yes, that's on Netflix Also seen it Yeah, I've seen that Didn't too. help A bit too mainstream yeah. So, instead of going mainstream We, you know, went <laughs> Non-mainstream. Um, well. But I cannot remember what the movie you watched was. So, Dude, you can never remember what I've watched, and nope. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Enlightened. I watched Triangle. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And when I saw the, the poster for Triangle as it is on Netflix and saw the name Triangle, I thought, oh, yay, Ben's given me a documentary about the Bermuda Triangle. Um, then quite Definitely quickly I realised... documentary, it, is it? No, no, and quite quickly I realised it wasn't that And for a while I thought it wasn't going to be maritime And I was going to have to call you up and say Oh, I need something else But don't worry, it definitely qualifies as maritime So, um, this is essentially a slightly uh, spooky horror film With Melissa mm. George That's, I, um, I thought it was going to, I was going to say Isn't there a home and away in it? Melissa George, yeah. I like Melissa George Yeah, I think she's absolutely fantastic I don't like everything she's in But I always think she's really, really good She's good in Dark and, City Oof Oh, I've not seen that. Really? No, never seen. Never seen. Okay, that's a tip for you and any listeners. Go and watch Dark City. It's an absolutely cracking movie. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm rubbish. Well, has... Every now and then I say I haven't seen things and then I realise I have. It's Alex Prias who did The Crow and stuff and it has um, Rufus Sewell is just trapped in this weird oh, city that keeps Sewell. reconfiguring itself constantly. And oh, it sounds amazing. And it, yeah, and it's got um, um, uh, Riff Raff. What's his name? Uh, oh, Rich... Um... Um, ah, Crystal Mays, Rocky Horror, Richard O'Brien. Richard O'Brien is like the lead bad guy who's a sort of weird um, Buffy-esque floating villain kind of thing. And Melissa George in it, who's brilliant. And it is a, and Kiefer Sutherland is like a weird, creepy oh, doctor. Really? And it is, oh, it sounds like the best film ever. It is amazing. I've ever seen it. And the other cra- the, the crazy thing about it is it's like 90 minutes long, 95 minutes long, and it has a permanent score. Oh, wow. There is not a second of that, not a frame of that movie without music in it. And it's maritime, yeah? Well, actually, <laughs> they do spend a lot of their time trying to get to a beach. Oh, okay, yeah, just about qualifies. Yeah. Anyway, shall I tell you who's about Triangle? Yes, now, please do. <laughs> Not directed by Alex Price. No. Okay, so Triangle, it's from 2009, and as I say, the lead star is Melissa George. Mm. Anyway, so the film starts, and there are a few sort of domestic scenes with Melissa George, and it's a bit like those early scenes in the Babadook, as in she's a stressed out single mum oh, okay. uh, with a son who seems to have behavioural issues. You mm-hmm. find out later he's autistic, but basically she's tired, she's stressed. Um, and then you see a note saying she's got to meet someone at a boat that's called the Triangle. Then gotcha. we cut to um, a, a um, marina and there's a nice looking guy um, getting a nice looking yacht. Uh, mm. ready for sailing he's preparing it on the sort of marina and then his friends turn up and the the friends that turn up are a kind of slightly comic relief couple in that there's this um a slightly sleazy 
businessman-y type guy and, and a kind of slightly gossipy, controlling type wife. And they have in fact brought along a friend of theirs who they're trying to sort of unsubtly set up with the captain guy who is already there and he doesn't really want to. Then to this little uneasy group comes Melissa George and she's meeting them uh, oh and she and she's brought along the sort of the what's it called the jetty she's brought along the jetty by this kind of rugged deckhand guy I thought you meant she's brought along the jetty I'm like <laughs> <laughs> she's really she, she brings strong. her own jetty wow <laughs> and, and, but this and the, the rugged deckhand guy um, rugged the, the rugged guy is, is Liam Hemsworth oh right Hemsworth that's brothers. quite rugged yeah so is this an Aussie movie Yes, well, it's, it's it's actually a British Aussie um, co- co-production, but they're all doing American accents. It's definitely sort of it feels like it's aimed at the American market yeah. kind of thing, and it feels like an American film in lots of ways. But yeah. you can definitely, you know, as you know, it's Australian. You can tell it is kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so so they 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 all all these mates get on the yacht and they head off on the cruise, and so basically. There's already a little bit. Of, it's friendly, but there's a bit of rivalry and jealousy going on with this this Melissa George and the friend. But in fact, the friend quite likes the look of the rugged deck hand and blah de blah. And all through this, Melissa George is really sort of is slightly sort of you know she's distracted. She, yeah. She seems sleepy and tight. She actually reminds me of the guy at the beginning of um, Dead of Night. Remember the sort of character oh, yeah. you, you experience that portmanteau, well, that portmanteau movie through. He's really sort of like confused, like he's permanently got deja vu. Yeah, she's kind of like that. Anyway, they're on the cruise. Suddenly, the weather takes an unexpected turn for the worse. The wind drops. Spooky music starts. Clouds approach really quickly. You know, like the fog kind mm. of speed. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, the the captain guy gets on the radio to the coast guard, but the coast guard can't hear him and suddenly that call is broken by the sounds of someone screaming a distress call and it's all a bit freaky Mm. then the weather gets even worse huge waves the ship is flipped one of the characters in fact seems to get you know they lose one of their number yeah then the weather passes just as quickly as it came they climb on the back of the now you know turned over boat Mm. and they're stranded then a ghostly ship comes out of the fog. Oh. And it's like a big old cruise ship kind of thing. And as it approaches, they're kind of waving at it and stuff. They seem to see a figure on the on the deck somewhere, but they mm. can't see anyone else. But look, the ship stops for them. They climb on, but they can't... Once they're on, they can't find anyone. It, it, it's There's the no one there. Ship. And they're sort of wandering around the deserto ship. And it's not like all... It's sort of old-fashioned. It looks sort of weirdly old-fashioned. Titanic-esque. No, or not as 80s old as that. No, no, I would say I would say it's sort of. I don't know the, the era, but it just it's got. I was about to say Art Deco, but it's not as old as that. But either way, it just looks like it's sort of an old-fashioned ship. But it doesn't look like it's sort of. It's not like covered in seaweed and cobwebs. You know what yeah. I mean? It looks yeah, yeah, like yeah. it should have loads of people on it, but they're not there. Yeah, a modern-day Marie Celeste. Yeah. And um, and then uh, people start to get sort of um, picked off, and um, I'm going to leave it there. As in, picked off as disappear, or picked off as in we see gruesome death. Bit of both. Okay. Bit, bit of both. Bit mm. of both. Um, and I'm leaving it there, just just because. Okay, let me backtrack a bit. So I'm not going to tell you any more plot. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Want, I want to leave it there. But this is directed by Christopher Smith, who's an English guy, mm-hmm. and his other credits include um, the 2004 film Creep, which is set on the underground, 
the oh, 2006 yeah. film Severance and the 2010 oh, film Black Death. Now, I've actually seen now all four of those films. I feel like I've seen Black Death as well. I've definitely seen Creep on the Underground. Um, who plays Barrymore from Barrymore? Boromir. <laughs> Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's also the strange maritime connection. Um, <laughs> Love the idea of Lord of the Rings with Barrymore. No, Boromir. What's his name? We talked about him in the other the other podcast. What was his name? Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean's in Black Death. Ah, yes. Well, anyway, look. The director's done those four films, and I'd happened to seen all four of these films, and this one is definitely his best work. Really? He wrote. Ooh, he this wrote is very positive. And, he wrote and directed this, and. There are loads of films I could compare it to. The direction it sort of takes, and there it just it, it throws up obvious comparisons. But I just I don't even want to mention them because I don't want to give stuff away. Oh wow! Because this is one hundred percent a recommend. It's really wow. really really good. Oh how exciting! <laughs> and I don't think everyone will necessarily like the way it goes and the denouement. But I just feel like saying anything, comparing it to any other film will make you make connections that I think will slightly spoil it for you. So I okay. want to say as little as possible. Don't you think that sounds like an intriguing start? They're all on a big ghost yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's an immediately tell me, intriguing Just tell idea. me it's better than ghost ship. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Good. No, I, mean, this, this, I mean, this is a horror film. But, yeah. And it's just the, it's the film she did, I think, just after 30 Days of Night or maybe two films oh, after. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, so yeah. it was when she had suddenly was being in thrillers and horror and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, she is fantastic. She carries the film and she's absolutely fantastic. Michael Dorman is the is the kind of nice captain guy. Mm-hmm. And he's really good. The two, the, the sort of couple are, are good as well. Liam Hemsworth's good. And it's just it's just it's just a lovely little sort of intricate like puzzle box of a film. Yeah, it's really good. It's not that scary. It definitely has shivery moments. Yeah, um, but it's it's just really good. Oh wow, this is you have so sold this to me already. This sounds this sounds cracking. Good because that's what I wanted to do. I don't have a best line worst line because the script is not is not the most amazing script ever. Yeah. But it just doesn't really. I just gotta be honest. It doesn't have any moments where I thought, "Oh, that is laughably bad," or "That is fantastically funny," or "Brilliant." You know, it just it didn't have anything I could yeah, get yeah. my teeth into in that sense. And I'm not gonna give it an A because it's it's it has still to be pretty a, special to be an A. Exactly. I think it's still a lot of horror films will say, "Oh, I've seen stuff like this before." But I, I just, I, if you haven't seen it, I really strongly, strongly. Recommend oh, that could it. be tonight's viewing. Yeah. Do it and let me know what you think. Yeah. Oh, cool. Any questions? Because oh, I... I'm basically no, done. No, you've just. I, I don't. I, I don't want to know anymore. The way you've been sort of cagey about it makes me think. Actually, I don't want to find out anything. I just want to come to this cold, but with your enthusiasm. And yeah. you had a glowing little face there, <laughs> which uh, all our listeners can't see on Skype. That was just. That was a Jono lit by the fervor and passion of his belief. <laughs> so I think. Thanks, yeah, I'm definitely going to get me to a Netflix or and, and watch it. Groovy. Now, Over to you. Now, well, the thing is, like I said, I, I went with this maritime theme that was sort of non, not really a genre, which has enabled us to do three films, which you'll find out the third later, that are all from different genres. So you got a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I went rom-com. Well, no, that's a lie. I didn't go rom-com. I, I went on the face of it, something that could be rom-com. I just went family-com. Right. Sort of. <laughs> Because it's not a movie you'd watch with your family. It's a funny old thing. When I think about it, to, to genre classify it, it's a comedy. It's a comedy about sort of two people uh, learning to 
to like each other and get to know each other. Oh my God, give but me the not title. in a romantic way. <laughs> oh, this is the thing. It can't be a rom-com because it's called Like Father. Oh. Okay. And it is um, essentially about um, a girl, a lady. Right. Played by Kirsten Bell, who I have Bell. more time for than most people on this planet. Right. Um, yeah. You know, she's... Well, now she's in the good place, which is cracking. Well, yeah, she knows she's great. Why she's absolutely great. I, so I, I have more time for her than I love her. I think she's amazing. Yeah. She was, yeah. Um, and she was Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. Yeah, you loved great, Veronica Yeah, Mars, underrated yeah. series of all time. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, she sort of, she was, she, she's one of Frozen as well, which informs all my daughter's early years. Um, mm. So Kirsten Bell and Kelsey Grammer. Oh. And I love me Kelsey. some Kelsey Grammer. Um, mm. So you've got Kirsten Bell plays the daughter of these two she um is right at the beginning you see she's a sort of super uptight new york um marketing specialist she's wedded to a blackberry and wonder what that feels like um and uh, or maybe it's slightly i can't remember now it's maybe it's, it's more slightly more smart smartphone but she um <laughs> Because it's not actually as old as I thought it was, but uh, she is basically going to get married, and she is going up the going up the aisle with her. Uh, her other half is waiting at the at the pulpit, as it were. Yeah, 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 yeah. The business end. And the wedding march starts, and she doesn't appear, and then it cuts to her outside. And it's not because she's got an attack of the nerves, but she's actually on a business call. Oh, and then right. she so she quickly shoves the she finishes the call, shoves the phone down her uh, down her top. And goes over to a up the aisle to do the wedding ceremony, and she bends over, and her phone falls out, and her husband to be basically just goes, "Oh, fuck's sake!" Um, mm. And goes like, "This just isn't going to happen. You can't even, you know, you can't even get off your phone for a wedding day. Life is going to be hell living with you. So you're a great girl, but bye." And she's off. Now, wow. at this time, also you've seen someone who is obviously going to be her dad, Kelsey Grammer, um, sort of sneaks into the ceremony and then slopes off again. And she looks at him kind of strangely. There's obviously they don't interact at all, so you know it's kind of more of an estranged kind of vibe. Um, anyway, she goes back to her apartment, which is absolutely gorgeous, and <laughs> uh, yeah, it's one of those great sort of like exposed brick, lofty kind of things. Is, and, it, is this New York, by the way? Yeah, right. and I think so. I'm saying yeah, like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, feel, feels from New York. Um, <laughs> and then he turns up, and she's just like, "What the hell are you doing here?" And mm. he basically just. Uh, takes her out to a bar to get drunk, which, which is quite a funny premise. Um, like it turns out, like he left when she was five, and she hasn't seen him since. Right. And they get smashed at this bar, mm. and then the next thing they know, they kind of wake up on a cruise ship. Ah, because oh, of course I, I was waiting for the maritime. Yeah. Thing. So basically, <laughs> what happened is they got so smashed they decided to go and take her honeymoon. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, okay. the, basically, they, well, they get they get they get battered. The limo turns up to pick to pick them up for the for the honeymoon, and they just go ah, get in the limo, go on the honeymoon. So they go on this cruise around um, Florida and yada yada yada. Is it around America? Is it? Yeah, it's not, it's not. It's only like a five five day cruise kind of thing. Maybe okay. it's not New York because it maybe it's Miami. She must be like it's a it's a five day cruise. It ends in Florida anyway. They um, <laughs> God, I'm good at these details, aren't I? Um, <laughs> But basically, the whole then the whole rest of the movie is you know they for a start everyone thinks ha 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 they're newlyweds, 
Hmm. Because they're in the honeymoon suite and then they have to do lots of no, 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 father, daughter, father, daughter, father, daughter. And then they kind of get in. I've, I've never been on a cruise, but in this cruise, they get put in a group of people. They get assigned to like to a dining table. So you mingle and make friends or whatever. Hmm. Um, and on that table is like, it's not quite your sort of like crazy band of misfits, but you've got like a gay couple, a black couple, an old couple. It's like they've just gone, yeah, let's. And can you know? Let's tick that demographic. Yeah, box. we've got waspy yeah. white girl as the leads, and let's just demogra- you know, let's just let's put her into yeah. lots of other different situations. But they're all really nice, and they're all really friendly, and she's really uptight, and he's obviously trying to get to know his daughter, and you know, obviously as the cruise progresses, their relationship develops, and um, they melt into a relationship, and there are highs and lows. There's always that third act climax of like, and. Mm. Um, but it's about her learning to to love again to love again yes but also learning to let go of work and not be such an uptight tool and about yeah. him you know atoning for his leaving um, and it's very funny um, it's kind of poignant um, and she also has a one night stand with Seth Rogen at one point oh. who's on the cruise on his own oh, right. um, is he in this yeah interestingly interesting fact written and directed by Lauren Miller Rogan, this movie, Seth Rogan's wife. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and really, I don't know what more to say about it. Um, it's really not that bad. Okay. Oh, good. It's yeah, really I'm quite enjoyable. That. I was sensing I just, that from your voice. Good. I'm, not, I'm not saying rush out immediately and watch this, but don't run a million miles away. Especially, I don't have a best line, worst line, because it's also sort of, I mean, there are some kind of like quite, there's some, oh, oh God, there's some terrible karaoke scenes, but. Um, <laughs> But also, the best lines in it are just Kirsten Bell being unexpectedly sweary. <laughs> and there's some great bursts of profanity, and that's all you'd have to listen out for. Just just her um, swearing in a very, very... It's good good swearing. You know, there's, there, there's, mm. it's not gratuitous. It's just very good swearing. Mm. Um, and it's all round. There's some really nice touches to it. It's too, I mean, I'm always going to be sold on two leads who I really like anyway. Yeah, the script yeah. is not bad at all. The direction is fine, and the idea of it, like I say, it's kind of nice watching a movie that you can't quite classify. I was gonna say I couldn't say it's a family film because I couldn't mm-hmm. sit down with my kids and watch it. So they'd be bored and they wouldn't understand it. And also, it's very sweary, well, quite sweary. Yeah. But then I'm, it's definitely not a rom com because it's her meaning uh, the dad. So I don't really know what it is. It's just a, it's just a nice gentle comedy where comedy you go drama. Oh, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, well, it's, it sounds really good. I mean, you actually sound it is the way really good. You, the way it's making you sound. You sound a bit like the way you sounded in that in our coming coming of age episode. You know that slightly faith filmy one you had. That, that is exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly how I equate it. This this film could be terrible, and it's really not. No. Really, it's quite enjoyable. Did you laugh out loud? Was it more chucklesome? Yeah, it was more chucklesome. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And you like the characters. You liked Kelsey. I Grammer's like the characters. Character. I like Kelsey. Grammer's. He's always like, but you know what? He's, he's always going to be this sympathetic character, isn't he? He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't. He, he didn't have any of the the arrogance of Frasier. Hmm. But he had that sort of like tarnished hero vibe. That has Frasier he ever played? Had. By the way, slightly left field. Has, has he ever played like a serial killer? Because I feel like he could do creepy quite well. He could do creepy quite well. I don't yeah. know if he has. I. I'll suggest it to him next time. You know, like Robin Williams did a couple of really good creepy ones. Yeah, well, one hour photo. Yeah, yeah, one hour photo, and, and um, um, you know, Christopher Nolan. Um, yes, yeah, Insomnia. Insomnia, it's fantastic. In also, that. my favorite Kevin Costner movie. Which? Um, the the one. 
<laughs> the one Sorry, that I've dude. suddenly gone blank on. <laughs> yeah, your favourite ever. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not a very long list, is it? But, um, uh, Mr. D- oh, God, it's Mr. Mr. Tumnus? Yes, that's it. No, crikey, it's Mr. Oh, God, Mr. I can Brooks. see the poster. Mr. Brooks. Mr. Yeah. Brooks, where okay. he's a serial killer. And that's, he's great, then. Hmm. That is peak Costner. I really I like him movie. in No Way Out. I still recall watching that yeah. over and over again in the 80s. Yeah. Anyway, now we're talking about Kevin Costner movies that aren't maritime. Although he did make Waterworld, one of the ultimate maritime movies. Even yeah, of course, yeah, that's, that's, in ways that's uber maritime. Yes, yeah, the most um, maritime. He, he himself becomes maritime <laughs> with his gills. He is maritime. of the sea. <laughs> I just said maritime in a slightly hammer time kind of yeah, way. Yeah, I, I liked it though. We could try and mi- remix that up. We could try and brand this episode. Maritime. Um... <laughs> um I That's think we should have... at the top of the episode. Until the I, I actually think, dude, this is the start of something. We should have a, a spin-off maritime movie podcast, <laughs> the Maritime Movie Hour. The world's most short-lived specialist podcast. <laughs> Nonsense! There are loads of maritime. See one of them then. Ah, fishing um, dramas. Um, okay, good. Oh well, I'm, I'm I'm good. Have you got a Have you got a grade for it? Yeah, I think I do. Right. What is that grade? I think it's a C plus. It's definitely okay. enjoyable. It's a real honourable mention. I don't think it's a B. No. It's not. I mean, it could be. It's not a B. It's not a B minus. It's a C plus. Sounds like yeah, but it's, but nice it's a really anyway. positive. It's a C double plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, that sounds pretty good. And yeah, I like the leads. I might well watch that, dude. Yeah. And I would urge our listeners to do the same. Yes. So after watching Triangle. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'd, I'd rather watch Triangle. So on to the third movie. Now the third movie, like I said. Each one of these different genres. We went horror, we went amorphous comedy. And then for the third movie, um, I picked a documentary. You did. And it was called... Operation Odessa. Yes, which immediately sounded intriguing. I assumed like at first it was going to be thriller. about spies. Yeah, yeah me too. Odessa files and stuff. And it's got a big submarine on the front, which is why I picked it, because it said it's about yeah, a submarine. And, maritime. And yeah. the basic premise is, yes, somebody... None of it really takes place at sea, but some of it trying to buy. <laughs> someone trying to buy. There are shot, lots of shots of boats, actually. Someone trying yeah. to buy a, a, a Russian nuclear submarine um, for a Mexican drug cartel. Yeah, so they can And it's a documentary. Like, I cannot stress this enough. It is a documentary, not yes. a um, twisted work of silly fiction. Yeah. Because, oh my God, it feels like it. <laughs> I mean, it I don't. Really I don't think we can really go into the plot of this because it's just that. I mean, that's the plot is how how that situation comes about. But yeah, and but I, I think it, so. The very first thing you 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 see as the sort of is is a um, a former Russian. Well, he's still Russian, but a former monster yes. called Ludwig Feinberg, who is known as Tarzan. Tarzan, and he is, is... a very entertaining. Um, <laughs> kind of uh, talking head but the first yeah. thing you, so it sort of gives the setup where he, he just describes this phone call where he tries to get a submarine yeah basically, but let me set this one up a bit more because he's like he, he's, he's, a, he's a very decent raconteur as Tarzan yeah. so he sets it up as like you know he knows how ridiculous it is him calling someone up and saying can you get me a submarine and the guy phones back 10 minutes later and goes you want the missiles or without the missiles <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then it goes to the the opening credits, and it's very the credits and the musical cues of quite Ocean's Eleven, aren't they? Ocean's Eleven with a bit of Miami Vice. Well, a lot yeah. of this takes place in Miami. Yeah. Now, uh, 
for me as an overall vibe of this because we yeah because we 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 sort of we spend some time with Tarzan then yeah. there's Juan Almeida who is the other connection he makes in Miami yeah because he starts out in I think he starts in New York doesn't starts he in New York, then, but then in, goes to in, Miami um, where he meets in Brighton Beach yeah yeah and he starts a club called Porky's because his favorite movie a strip Porky's. club called Porky's yeah yeah Basically, he was he was really dodgy in New York. He started doing a lot of wheeling doing. It sounds like when you read between the lines, he had to leave. Yeah, he took his took his cash down to Miami, bought himself a strip club. The New York mob got slightly involved in that as well. But then yeah. he hooks up with this guy Juan Almeida, who basically doesn't isn't. Um, you never know because these people they've got incredible access to these people. All these all these big players mm. are talking to this documentary film crew. Um, and Juan Almeida always describes himself as a guy who would just get stuff for the cartels or for anyone. But he would yeah. he would be the guy who could get you ten Lamborghinis. He'd get he would be there making sort of um, uh, stealth, incredibly fast speedboats powered by jet turbines for the yeah. for the drug runners and stuff. But he was saying he himself was not actually involved in in supplying and, and selling cocaine, although you think he probably was. Um, and then there's this other guy. Who was also directly working for Pablo Escobar? Who is that? The Nelson Tony Yester guy who turns up about half an hour in. Yeah, is he the sort of third of the trio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the third who of the trio. Who swears all the time? Yeah, who's just, <laughs> just he honestly can't like say every other word is fuck. He's um, just fucking, you're fucking, you're fucking like that. It's he's, he's amazing, but he, yeah, he works directly for Pablo Escobar for a while. And yeah. the, the sort of three of them sort of end up doing this thing, like the, the, you know, they they talk about how how you know the scene went in Miami, and then how they realised that Russia, when the Cold War, as soon as the Cold War fell and Gorbachev was deposed, then they pinged over to Russia because they were like, "Whoa, look at all the stuff we can get!" And they got these stories of flying into towns on like military helicopters, and it's mm. and it to me, it's almost like this was what Brian De Palma watched before he made Scarface. Yeah. Plus yeah. what the dude, I can't remember the guy who directed Lord of War, the Nicolas Cage one, where he's a... Remember that? Have you seen that movie? I haven't seen Lord it's, of War. It, Lord, Lord of, of the War. It's, <laughs> no, Nick, Nick, it's actually it's a great Nick Cage movie. I've seen a lot of Nick Cage movies, but he um, he's a sort of poor kid from Brighton Beach, um, yeah. Russian, you know, Jewish-Russian kid, and he has an uncle in the Red Army or whatever. He ends up being one of the world's biggest covert arms dealers because mm. when the wall falls, he just goes boom over there and just fills you know trucks with AK-47s and stuff. And it yeah, yeah. That way. It's very, it's a really good, it's a really enjoyable movie. Yeah, but yeah, I'll watch that too. All this, all these sort of like overblown works of fiction. These guys are one hundred percent. That was their life. Yeah. And you should say as well, this doc they they definitely get both sides. As in, you 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 have quite a lot of interviews with like, DA, you know, feds, FBI, yeah, yeah, U.S. Customs, U.S. Marshals. So you kind of have the people that were sort of hunting them and following them as well. All these kind of quite cool old U.S. Marshals mm. and stuff. Yeah. So it's 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 three sixty. Yeah. Story, isn't it? Um, and just. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I say, it's got that sort of very sort of fast cut, sort of quite loads and loads of. It's it's quite flashy. It's very flashy, but I think I think it does that. I I don't think it's. Okay, I mean, I, obviously, I think we both enjoyed this, right? No, I hated it. Really, I thought it was a very well made film, but I couldn't stand it because wow. I thought they were all total fuckheads. <laughs> I just was not interested in these hateful shitbags at all. Like the Tarzan guy, 
I quite I found him okay company. Mm. But the Juan Almeida guy, he he just I remember once I met this guy who was just who kept on telling me all these stories about how he organised the whole shooting match for under ten thou, and I wanted to punch him repeatedly in the face. <laughs> and Juan Almeida banging on about all these fast boats he could get and all these chicks he could score and all this stuff he could do. I just thought you are a freaking ball bag, and I'm sick of looking at overweight corrupt Americans in the news I don't want to see an entire documentary about them I stress again I thought it was very well made and you know flashly done and I do think it's an interesting story but because I found Juan Almeida to be such a tit it just just put me off watching it and that bloke who just kept on swearing and wearing dark glasses I wanted to punch him in the face too but all of that said it is a pretty astounding story and they did do some amazing things but I kind of after I just thought I really wish I'd I'd rather read a book about these guys because I just can't bear their company. But yeah, wow. well made. This is this is interesting because I unreservedly really enjoyed it. Oh, cool. Um, I, I in, in it, actually we we are almost polar opposites on this because I thought I didn't think it was brilliantly made. It's very mm. I agree. It's very flashy. I don't think they always pull off what they intend to pull off or what no. they should pull off. I think. I think it's a there's a bit of style over substance in the filmmaking yeah. itself. However, the story itself is fascinating, and I didn't. I just found these guys so ridiculous yeah, they that are I ridiculous. kind of did not mind spending time in their company. Because I mean, within like ten minutes, you've got like uh, this Cuban guy kind of going, "I got off the boat, and the first thing I did was think, how can I make any money?" And then I just went and bought a gun. So you're like, "Oh, you've got." Um, you know, thingy from Scarface. Then you've got this a guy they ship in from the New York mob who's called Fat Tony. Yeah, he's my favorite poem. A, I always love a Brooklyn accent, and yeah. he has a very good one. But as well, that's the that's my favorite bit of the movie when they're talking about starting up Porky's. It's got. And there's just this really funny bit when they 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 interview Fat Tony and his partner who was yes. who worked behind the bar, and they're talking about how they they really raised it. They brought up. I know, this, they this, made this, it more this, stylish, this is my and then describing. Line, line. <laughs> I don't think we can describe on on this podcast what they describe. Yeah, but what they describe a, as becoming a more classy joint is yeah. frankly quite quite shocking and involves. It's, it's a really truly yeah. horrific ritualized sex act that they made yeah. poor people perform, and then yeah, his wife goes. <laughs> yeah, he really classed the place up. He really yeah. into irony. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I, I totally get exactly where you're coming from, but I think I was just in the wrong mood for these fuckers, and yeah, I just found them, enough. they were so sort of vacuous, and I just, I actually, you know what it reminded me of? I remember what it reminded me of. Right, I'm not the world, I'm not a huge Guns N' Roses fan, but, you know, I was around when they were huge, yeah. and kind of remember sort of, definitely a few songs I really quite liked. Hmm. But I remember watching a documentary about it and really quite looking forward to watching the documentary because I thought, okay, they're not my favourite band, but they are talented guys. Yeah. And then watching the documentary and being horrified at what vacuous <laughs> ball bags they all were. <laughs> and I think it was a bit like that, you know, because like Guns N' Roses were amazing. These guys did some amazing, you know, the story is amazing. The story is absolutely because, amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just didn't like them. But yeah, I totally agree as well. Because although I, I do think it's a well-made documentary, I totally agree about it being a bit style over substance. Because, okay, this is my sort of best line, worst line. Mm. And it's not a real best line, worst line. But it's just because they use so many images 
to sort of like illustrate what's, what's yeah, yeah, being yeah. said and sometimes it just it's just like goes beyond parody because it was this bit when one of them I know some dildos talking about how oh yeah I was in I was in the Swiss Alps staying in a chalet and they kind of put up a picture of the Swiss Alps and then as he says the word chalet they put up a picture of a chalet it's like a kind of children's I'm always a big fan of what you see what's Mr Chips doing now yeah no, it really made me laugh oh dear but yeah no I didn't enjoy it but I kind of, you know, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, but I think if you're in the mood for hearing about some very ballsy people doing some pretty in- interesting stuff, then you should watch it. I would absolutely, watch it absolutely recommend it because I just, I found the whole thing flew by. It was so entertainingly ridiculous, and I, my tolerance levels were obviously quite high for idiocy that day. But these guys were morons. I mean, they are yeah. reprehensible morons, yeah. and I definitely wouldn't yeah. want to be friends with any of them. But you get, you get this sort of peek into this. This world of like, like I say, the thing that you think Scarface looks like it's almost, you know, like a parody of whatever. This overblown Miami lifestyle truly did exist, and these guys were, you know, very much yeah, part agreed. of it. I think I think Scarface fans, in ways, you should watch him. I've never, I've never really liked Scarface. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's just it's a very personal thing that I just was not in the mood for spending time with these ball bags. No, 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 that's and so cool. I it, I didn't enjoy the film. But so that's the thing. I'm not going to even though I didn't enjoy it. I'm not going to give it an E. I'm going to give it mm. a sort of from my perspective a D. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Just because I just thought for me it's a firm B. Oh, good. Oh, that's pretty yeah, good. It's an absolute firm B, firm B for me because I just I mean I I really enjoyed my time watching it. I'm very glad I did, and I would recommend anyone to. Uh, to watch it just to just yeah it's a it's a slice of life you don't really hear about well it's nice to have a disagreement yeah it is it's great yeah um so talking about genres and movies and things like that uh-huh i know that you've got something in mind for the next one before yeah. you tell us what that is okay i just want to ask our lovely listeners if they have a suggestion i know we've had one um excellent bit of family who's um a big sci-fi fan wanted to do some more sci-fi. That is potentially coming up quite soon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, you, you guys suggesting anything to us is is always welcome. We're happy to take things on board, and also you know happy to not have to think of things ourselves. So if you want to get in touch um, via Gmail, which is great, we watch anything at gmail.com. We uh-huh. do read the letters. People can attest to this now, um, and uh, on Twitter. Uh, at we watch anything and also you know check out the facebook if you're feeling brave or like being bored. Yeah. yeah 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 do all those things do just and, get um, in touch and yet my idea because this is episode 41 next one is 42 so in honor of um the number from douglas adams hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy we're going to do a douglas adams special and i'm casting the net very wide because 42 is the answer to the life the universe question of life the yes. universe and everything isn't it so um, just thought we'd do a little nod to Douglas Adams now I don't know yet what this is going to take it might be something really you know, tenuous because very... we can't find a decent link exactly it might be very tenuous it might be that we just find a, a science fiction comedy it might be just something which an actor that's involved in Hitchhikers is in it could be anything however lame however tenuous but there'll be some kind of nod and celebration of the absolute <laughs> genius that is Douglas Adams because he was my first proper writing hero yeah and, me too uh, and I still love his a bit. and I must admit that terrible movie that terrible movie version what, the of the Garth Crooks one yeah Garth Jennings even that bit at the end when the the spaceship 
um, mm. sort of morphed into loads of different things and just very briefly they showed the face of Douglas Adams yeah, sort of yeah. hovering in space I found that really quite unexpected and moving I thought it was great I loved yeah. it as a little homage to him anyway what do I know <sighs> yeah I, I, so I that's that what we're going to do just describe this as tenuous and lame coming up to the yeah. listeners just can't wait yeah. no, but only um, the connections the movies themselves will be brilliant and us talking about it will be yes. excellent it's just well, the connections true. will be lame just like our maritime connection with that last one. <laughs> yeah. Fine. All right, well, thank you very much, as ever, for taking the time to put us in your ears. We will be back next time with some tenuous and lame connections to Douglas Adams. Until yeah. then, listen to the back catalogue. Watch any one of these three movies, because I think yeah. by the sound of it, you might well enjoy any one of these three. Watch all three. Go crazy. And we'll see you. Well, we'll talk to you. I've got to stop saying see you. Definitely I'll not see you's all right. We know what you mean. No, oh, okay. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. That was a quite weak bye at the end there. Bye. Sounded like my own mum. Night. Bye, everyone. Not that someone else's mum. No. Bye-bye. Right, I'm pressing stop. Me too.